What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. Depending on who you ask, it's been a week of personal triumphs and personal downfalls. The scientist known as China's Dr. Fauci has been cleared of academic fraud accusations Workers in the tech industry may be welcoming a top court's ruling that the notorious 996 regime is illegal. Meanwhile, a renowned actress has been fined close to 300 million yuan for dodging taxes. With all the big stories from China's business scene, here's your weekly update. China's ambassador to the United Nations has formally requested that the World Health Organization include certain U.S. labs in its investigation into the origins of COVID-19. In a letter addressed to the WHO Director General, China's permanent representative to the UN office in Geneva rejected the theory that the COVID-19 virus leaked from a virological lab in central China, adding that, quote, it is the labs of Fort Detrick and University of North Carolina that should be subject to transparent investigation with full access. Two unofficial documents attached to the letter claim that multiple biosafety incidents occurred at Fort Detrick at times that overlapped the early stages of the COVID-19 pandemic, while alleging a coronavirus research team at UNC Chapel Hill, which is, by the way, just up the street from where I am recording this, had close collaboration with the Fort Detrick lab. The Chinese ambassador's request came a day after the U.S. intelligence agencies concluded their 90-day investigation into the origins of the coronavirus, including the possibility of a lab leak from the Wuhan Institute of Virology in central China's Hubei province. And while we are on the topic of the pandemic, there's been some big news on the scientist who's been nicknamed China's Dr. Fauci, Zhang Wenhong. China's elite Fudan University has concluded that the doctoral thesis of Zhang, quote, met all the criteria required at the time of submission, end quote, and issued a statement exonerating the top epidemiologist from accusations of plagiarism. The statement came a week after the university launched an investigation into the academic fraud accusation. Zhang has become known as China's Dr. Fauci after regularly updating the public on the national COVID situation amid the pandemic. 
Earlier this summer, this scientist was plunged into controversy after his comments on China's handling of the COVID situation were apparently misinterpreted and therefore made it look like he was telling the country that it would need to learn to coexist with the novel coronavirus. As a result, Zhang received a lot of backlash on Chinese social media for his seeming questioning of Beijing's zero-tolerance strategy that seeks to completely eliminate the virus from the nation through strict border controls and quarantines. Not long after this online firestorm erupted, the academic fraud allegations surfaced against the epidemiologist. In major business news, a top court has said that the grueling 996 work schedule is a serious violation of China's labor law. The Supreme People's Court and the Ministry of Human Resources and Social Security said that company policies that expect staff to work from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. six days a week should be deemed illegal. The authorities have released details of 10 cases of arbitration or court decisions regarding overtime disputes aiming to, quote, remind employers of the risks of illegal behavior and guide workers to defend their rights in accordance with the law. Some companies in China have adopted a 996 working schedule, even though the labor law limits a day's work to eight hours and stipulates a maximum of 44 working hours per week. Following heated criticism of excessive working hours, tech companies, including the short video company Kuaishou and TikTok operator ByteDance Inc., say they have ended their weekend overtime policy that required staff to work every other Sunday. In other tech-related news, SenseTime has its eyes on a Hong Kong IPO. According to Bloomberg, the company, which is one of the biggest AI enterprises in the world's second-largest economy, has filed for the public listing. Citing people familiar with the matter, the same Bloomberg report says that SenseTime's IPO could rake in at least two billion U.S. dollars. Business boomed for the enterprise amid the coronavirus crisis. Chinese authorities have used SenseTime's facial recognition technology in order to identify people's body temperatures and tell whether or not they may be wearing face masks. Moving to the latest on China's efforts to build a society of so-called common prosperity, a senior government official told a press conference in Beijing last week that these plans are not about achieving egalitarianism and do not mean, quote, robbing the rich to give to the poor. Han Wenxiu, a deputy director of the General Office of the Central Financial and Economic Affairs Commission, said the country's push for common prosperity allows for, quote, the existence of a certain gap, Unquote, and the country encourages people to work hard and bring innovation. He added that this also allows some to get rich first and then guide and help others to become rich. Han's remark appears to be aimed at calming fears among the country's wealthy people of mandatory income redistribution. During an economic policy meeting chaired by President Xi Jinping in August, China's top leaders vowed to strengthen regulation of the country's wealthy, including reasonably adjusting excessive income and encouraging high-earning groups and enterprises to give back to society. It's been a hectic week for Aichi. The Chinese video streaming platform has promised to no longer run idle talent shows or host any form of online voting. The news comes as regulators intensify efforts to tackle problems festering in the country's online fan groups, including online abuse, harmful content, and malicious marketing. 
In a statement to Caixin, the Baidu-owned company said that it is canceling its idol competition shows and future ICE programs will not feature any form of online voting. Last week, China's top internet watchdog announced its plans to strengthen regulation over the country's chaotic celebrity fan culture with measures that include banning celebrity ranking lists and scouring harmful information from fan groups such as posts about rumors and gossip. And speaking of China getting tough on celebrities, the State Taxation Administration's Shanghai branch has ordered once high-profile Chinese actress Zheng Shuang to pay nearly 300 million yuan, or $46 million, for tax evasion. The amount is made up of roughly 72 million yuan in overdue taxes, around 9 million yuan in late fees, and close to 220 million yuan in fines. According to an official statement, Zheng was accused of massive tax evasion, including by falsifying her personal income into corporate income. The Shanghai Tax Authority started to investigate the case in April after the star was reported by her former partner, Zhang Heng, for alleged tax evasion. The pair had been caught in a crossfire involving a loan dispute and controversial child surrogacy. The actress's case is the latest in a years-long regulatory crackdown on tax evasion and abnormally high income in the entertainment industry. In 2018, Fan Bingbing, an A-list star in China, was found guilty of tax evasion and then ordered to pay more than 800 million yuan in overdue taxes, late fees, and fines. Let's turn now to Caixin Global Financial News reporter Guo Yingzhe to talk about a development in China's financial scene, a new type of financial vehicle called a SPAC, S-P-A-C. Welcome to the show, Yingzhe. Yes, I'm glad to be here. Um, it's my first time to join this show, and I'm very excited. Well, we're excited to have you. Uh, so let's start with the obvious. What is a SPAC? Uh, a SPAC is an abbreviation for Special Purpose Acquisition Company. And a SPAC is basically a shell company. They are created to re- just raise funds through IPO. Then they use the funds to buy a privately held company. And that means that the private company can go public without going through traditional IPO procedure. The SPAC's management team needs to complete the acquisition within typically two years. Okay, so can you explain why a business would choose to use a SPAC rather than applying through the ordinary routes directly for an IPO? Uh, first of all, for a private company, going public through a SPAC is generally cheaper and faster. That's because the listing procedure and information disclosure are not as complicated as traditional IPOs. And second, for the private company and for SPAC founders, the mergers after SPAC provides a certain degree of certainty on the pricing, thus making more certain to make profits. The valuation is basically decided by between SPAC founders and the acquisition target company. That typically occurs months uh, before the transaction closes. But the pricing for traditional IPO is influenced by uncertain market ups and downs and investor sentiment. So there's been a lot of talk about why Hong Kong might be opposed to SPAC listings. What's going on there and why would it be a big deal if the Hong Kong bourse decided to stop SPAC listings? 
Well, basically, that's because the city's financial regulators are tough on backdoor listings, which, like SPACs, involve a company going public through a shell corporation. The Hong Kong regulators believe shell company activities can invite speculative trading, market man- manipulation, and insider trading, and hurt investor confidence and interest. But now the whole issue is very important because even if Hong Kong does approve spec listings, which the regulators are considering, as many investors are calling for that, they are likely to make strict rules on things like on um, information disclosure, and the strict rules could make spec listings less flexible and certain. As a result, this could make specs less attractive to Hong Kong investors. Well, thanks for filling us in on this, Inja. Thank you, and hope you see you next time. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. If you want to listen to our extensive back catalog of podcasts or check out more of Caixin Global's great journalism, download our app or head online to caixinglobal.com. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SubChina Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.